Let's have some fun. Hey guys, it's Juliana Rowe, but you can call me Huli. And that's nice. I'm a visual artist in St. Petersburg, Florida. Making art is my main hustle, but I've been an art educator for 10 plus years, anywhere from public schools to art museums. In fact, I've got two terminal degrees in this nebulous thing called art. This podcast is for the cool kids, so you can get my take on how to make and sell art, all the way to teaching a new generation of artists. Remember, next time someone asks you to design something for free, art is hard. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of Art is Hard. It's so hard, isn't it? This is your host, Huli Rowe. I wanted to talk to you guys about dreams versus nightmare jobs. I've had my fair share of a few career choices and reverses, and I'm hoping that with my experience, I can help you guys kind of navigate the beautiful art and art teaching job roles. I want to preface this podcast by saying I am not trying to recruit art teachers here, okay? It is a tough gig. But, you know, I've also worked at a couple of art museums. I've worked at some tattoo shops. So if that sounds kind of interesting, then listen on. Picture this. 2007, I graduate with my BFA from the University of South Florida. Go Bulls. Okay, I have this art degree. What the heck do I do with my life now? I'm working at a tea shop, doing the retail thing. That was cute when I was in college, but I need a real adult job. So I applied for everything and anything that had anything to do with art or design. Finally, after months of searching, I found that a little art league needed some summer camp art teachers, and it was perfect. The youth director was really cool, and even though I didn't have much teaching experience besides helping my mom in Sunday school, he knew I had an art degree, and he knew that that was worth something. After that summer, where I had fun and worked with third through fifth grade, I had some teaching experience under my belt and got my first real job as an art teacher at a charter school in Fort Myers, Florida. Dun, dun, dun. I know, those of you that have worked at a charter school before are like, OMG, I know what that's like. Even though for a lot of people you have that impression of it being a nightmare, it actually was a dream job for me. Because charter schools run it more like a business than an institution, I actually found it really good to be a young new teacher with not a lot of resources at my disposal because I ended up becoming really resourceful. Working with not a lot of stuff helped me understand how to hustle and do my own thing and develop really special programs that even to this day, I would love to do again sometime with another group of kids. For example, they really didn't have any money for a 3D program. No problem. I ended up creating a recycling program for the school where folks and kids would donate things like two liter bottles and newspaper, and we would create paper mache sculptures out of those things. And we created an eco-friendly art show at the end of each term, and it also had a really good message with ecology and environmental protection. It fed all of those different needs, and I was able to create something new, and I even got some press for it. Some pros with working with the charter schools is you'll notice there's probably a lot of new teachers there. This is nice because we can kind of commiserate. We all were young. We were kind of in the same boat, finding ourselves, if you will, and became really good buddies. In fact, I'm still really good friends with a lot of colleagues from that charter school. Shout out to you if you're listening to this. Some of the cons of working with that school, there are many, but I survived. 
One was that it catered a lot to parents. So whenever stuff would hit the fan, they always kind of sided with what the parents were saying or what the kids were saying. And we were kind of secondary to that. And it was always kind of our fault. Another thing with the charter schools is you had a lot of extra duties. So morning car duty, you had after school duty where you were sitting outside in the sun doing all kinds of stuff with the kids before and after school. And you weren't really getting compensated for that. That was a stinker. I really found that in working at that charter school for three years, my favorite group I liked to work with were my eighth graders. So I was starting to lean toward wanting to teach older kids because coming from that summer camp third through fifth, and then I was teaching middle school, my 24 year old behind, yes, I could keep up with those middle schoolers, but I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that the whole time. They were intense. Finally, an opportunity came up to teach at a magnet school for the arts in Lee County. Well, I thought I was leaving a nightmare and walking into a dream, which I was for the most part. In fact, this was probably one of my favorite teaching gigs that I had done. There were a lot less discipline issues. There was a lot more administrative support. I had a great budget because after all, it was a magnet school for the arts. So they valued those things and we got a little bit more of a budget and things that we could do. I also had a lot of special projects that I wanted to do now that I had the funds to do that. And I was absolutely able to do that. I also created and fostered really awesome relationships with my students because I got to be there for five years. I got to indoctrinate them and help them matriculate through all the different grades. In fact, I'm still friends with quite a few of them and still consider them my kids in a lot of ways. Shout out if you're listening. Some of the cons with working at that school weren't really bad, but if you consider the fact that I was only, what, 27 years old when I started there, they were relevant to me for sure. Number one is Fort Myers was a really small town. And whenever I would go out, of course, I saw my kids everywhere I went. Okay, so it didn't really feel like I could have that separate adult life sometimes. In fact, that became one of the root problems that actually caused me to create a brand new program, which I'll get into in a minute. I'd be out having a few adult beverages. And I noticed that I was seeing some of my students at some institutions that were not really age appropriate for them. And in fact, I don't think that they were carting. Although I had a really good time selling some of my work at one of the local art markets, which was called Art Walk, and had a little table and booth set up at different businesses right on the street in downtown, it was cool I got to see some of my students, but then also ended up seeing them a little bit later at night when I shouldn't have. I knew that this was not an appropriate environment for them. Eventually, I created a program called Teen Art Walk. I partnered up with a local gallery, and myself and that gallery owner, they were also a parent of one of my students, and we kind of created this idea together so that students had a safe place where even they could feel empowered to sell their own work and have their own little art market, and gathered people to do a juried show that were local artists. They loved it. They had a great time. Another special project that I ended up doing, and I still believe a lot in, and I would love to do something of the sort with this new group of kids I have this year, was a social media campaign. Sounds scary to do with high school students, but I was able to make it work. And yes, I did hit a lot of bumps in the road, but if you are nervous, if you want to become a teacher later, make sure you're a union member if you have representation of kids or parents or somebody starts to throw you under the bus. With this project, we were doing charity work. We actually created a Relay for Life team, if you're not familiar with that. It's the American Cancer Society, and we raised money by selling our artwork. We had different charity events where we would do displays and little art markets right there during Art Walk, of course, and that money would go toward 
the American Cancer Society. We called ourselves art heroes, so a lot of times we kind of based our costumes and we got really elaborate with becoming Superman, Batman, and everybody else in the Justice League and Marvel, whoever you care about. And the way we were able to market this effort and get people to come to these art events where we were selling our work was through social media. I got to teach the kids how to use it as a tool for good and for marketing because it was a losing battle trying to get the kids to put away their phones during school. Why not show them a way that they can use it for good, right? Eventually, I got kind of worn out. At this point, I had been teaching full-time for eight years. I hadn't pursued any other type of career and I was still relatively young, and I wanted to explore something else. While I was at the Magnet School for the Arts, I actually did my master's degree online through the University of Florida. Go Gators! That program was amazing, and I highly recommend the UF Art Education Program because I was still able to work and get my master's degree at the same time. It was a lot of work, but I did it, and I highly recommend it if this is the type of field you'd like to go into. Now, with that MA in my hand... And with all this experience under my belt, I thought I would give art museums a try. Because as a matter of fact, when I was in high school, I interned with the Gulf Coast Museum of Art when it still existed. And I helped the education director put together walking tours. And that was really cool for me. So I was like, you know what? I got this degree. I could probably keep my eyes open for some art museum jobs. I'm pretty qualified. I've done all kinds of special programs with my kids that I think museums would really benefit from. Lo and behold, something opened up over at the Tampa Museum of Art, and I landed the job to be in the education program, where I coordinated a lot of the adult and teen and some of the youth classes as well for the museum. This was a little bit of a shell shock for me, being a teacher for eight years, because, number one, I went from having a very social, very active job to having more of a desk job. So I was answering phones, writing emails, things like that. It was very more administrative. It was kind of an adjustment for me. There wasn't a whole lot of creative freedom there. Had to take over some things, but I was looking to actually develop something on my own. So a lot of that independence that I had as a teacher, I was missing. A lot of those daily interactions were actually fun for me. I'm a social butterfly. So sitting at a desk for eight hours, that was really hard for me on a day-to-day basis. Now, don't get me wrong, working at that museum, there were fabulous collections. I got to work with some of the greatest minds in the community. I really got to connect with the community in ways that I had never done before, and that was absolutely amazing, and I loved contributing to that. It also felt like more of an adult job, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when you're in the school system for a long time, you feel like you talk to kids all day and you really miss that adult interaction. One of my favorite things that I got to do there was to plan events. If it's one thing that I'm so glad I took away from that experience is I was able to put together huge events for the museum using all kinds of different vendors, including being able to work with some local artists in case some of those art activities that the kids could do would connect with the gallery's work that contained that artist piece. As a matter of fact, I liked planning events so much that while I was there at the museum, I actually got married and I was able to even be my own little wedding planner. The vendors that I got to work with during my wedding were actually so impressed with my skills that they said that I was the best wedding planner they ever worked with. So I was really happy to hear that. That's what you're looking for. I was ending up missing teaching at a certain point, and I was also, more than that, was kind of missing having that creative freedom. Another spot opened up in St. Pete at a new art museum, and I was was thinking to myself, 
if this is more of an education manager role, maybe I can have a little bit more freedom to implement things into a new museum and really create something for that new museum. Now, my grandmother always taught me, if you're going to say something mean, don't say anything at all. So I'm just going to skip over that second museum experience. And if you really want to talk to me sometime about it, maybe I'll divulge it. But I think that it's more to their detriment if I say something negative. Anyway, that experience did not work out. I'll tell you about it later. (laughs) So I went back to high school art, this time in the beautiful Pinellas County area. This was a different county than Lee County because this was a school district that definitely valued the arts. They even have a referendum budget that the citizens of Pinellas vote on every year so that extra money goes to the arts as well as technology. This was great because automatically when I started teaching at the high schools over here, I had a Mac lab. I was able to teach new classes that I hadn't before, like digital image and creative photography. And this even influenced my own work because now I've actually bridged over into the digital world quite a bit by becoming inspired by my own teaching and my own students. And that's one of the things I really love about teaching is my students really inspire me. Even in my own work, I feel fresh and new. I feel renewed. I feel like I can get ideas a lot more easily than I could have in an office job. With this gig, there were a lot of tech resources, and I was even able to connect with colleagues quite a bit more than I have in the past. That's with all these different events and different things that they would implement into the school district where I really felt like I was part of a little art teacher family. Even though I had a lot of these added benefits, there are a lot of hoops I have to jump through in order to make sure that I can hold on to all these things. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that I'm letting you know in case you don't have that personality, because I know a lot of teachers say that they prefer the kind of atmosphere in Lee County where they can kind of just do their own thing. With this county, we have to do at least 11 to 12 art shows per year. So a lot of the school year is based and kind of orbits around those shows. It just depends what's important to you. I am happy to make sure that my students can have their work displayed and have some real world application. And it's actually easier to come up with art lessons when I know the themes of some of these shows and I know what these kids are capable of. Another part to that, though, is when you have these art shows, you're, of course, expected to show up. And that is kind of a time eater there. Again, I am not trying to convince anybody to become a teacher. But one of the things that I wanted to touch on is what is important to you? You have to know yourself. And a lot of these decisions of leaving and coming back, and I'll talk about another little career choice I made in a minute, you really have to kind of understand what's important to you. What is your priority, okay? Time is money, but they're also very different beasts. Is making more money important to you? What is your personality? Does it fit that role? What about time? Is having time off important to you? Is having the time to create and having the freedom to have your own space to be a working artist important to you. I found myself not being able to do that as easily when I was working with the art museums. While teaching, I find that I have time to work on my personal artwork when it comes to summer break, winter break, and spring break. Having that time off was more valuable to me in the long run than it was to have the money. And let me tell you, when I didn't have that time off, I was really missing it. The time period between working at the charter school and working at the high school in Lee County, I actually took a little stint and actually worked at two different tattoo shops in the area. 
Both were very different experiences. So I learned a lot and I'm here to share a little bit about that with you. If that's something maybe that was crossing your mind, that that would be a really cool career choice. If you are an apprentice, you're doing a lot of bitch work. Okay. That means cleaning the toilets, answering the phones, you know, doing their appointments. Basically you are the maid, but that's okay because the trade-off is you're going to learn from somebody amazing and really talented. Okay. Sometimes it's paid. Sometimes it's not. It just depends on the shop. Every shop is absolutely different. They're their own little universes all unto itself. So before you take the leap, make sure you kind of get to know that shop, maybe get tattooed there yourself, have the full experience of being a customer and kind of get to know that shop from the inside out. A lot of tattoo shops don't really have a lot of structure. Okay. So somebody that's a type A like me, (laughs) ENFJ, those types of unstructured environments and kind of loosey goosey and everybody just kind of does their own thing. I found that very difficult. It's really up to you if that's, if that's your type of personality or not. Also, tattooing is backbreaking work. It's very laborious. I mean, they're literally hunched over four hours. And yes, art does that a lot, but this is even more intense physically. Also, there is a big time commitment when you're an apprentice. You really have to give up a lot of your time and you really have to put in a good effort to show that you really care and that you really want to be a tattoo artist full time. You're not going to be making money straight off the bat. Even when you first start tattooing, they're going to take a big percentage out of your pay. When you first start tattooing, you're going to go from free to maybe they take 75%. And then after you've proven yourself a little bit more, they're only going to take 50% and so on. Every shop again is different. So when it came to the first shop I was at, it was extremely liberal, really loosey goosey. Um, I think the owners that they were really sweet and they had a bleeding heart, but they took in a lot of these folks that really weren't um, stellar employees. We'll just leave it at that. Long story short, um, it wasn't a very professional environment and I think it wouldn't have worked out anyway. Plus I was teaching full-time and going to grad school full-time and I just didn't have that time commitment that they needed. So we left, we parted on good terms. And later on, once I knew that I was definitely going to go along with the art education field a little bit more full-time, the lovely Powell Tattoo in Fort Myers needed a little extra help with their front desk. And I was happy to do that. I was already getting tattooed there anyway. And I knew it was a gorgeous shop. The owners and a lot of the artists there are just absolutely amazing. I admire all their work. I've been tattooed by them all. And I knew that it was going to be a great place to work. In fact, I knew how clean it was because I cleaned it. So I actually didn't apprentice there. I just helped with the front desk, but I loved that environment. And ideally, if I could do it all again, that would be actually where I could apprentice if they were accepting anyone at that time. So again, every shop's different. Do your research, know what you're getting into. And the main idea here, folks, is know yourself, okay? While I was at the art museum, I was kind of feeling a little conflicted. I was like, did I make the right career choice? What should I do? I'm not sure. Should I go back to teaching? I really felt quite lost. I took a lot of these quizzes that you can find online. One is the Gladio quiz, okay? You got to know yourself in order to know if you're taking on the right job, right? I did the Princeton Review Career Quiz and, of course, the famous Briggs-Myers test, With the Briggs-Myers, I ended up being ENFJ, which is the teacher. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is actually going to be part of your homework for this podcast. Stay tuned. Alright folks, so for your homework this week, and you're going to find it at www.artbyhooli.com, and I spell it phonetically of course, H-O-O-L-I-E, 
com slash hw2 artbyhuli.com slash hw2 and you're going to find a curated collection by me of some of these personality tests and they actually are geared toward career choices and kind of to think about where you think you'll fit in best listen teaching is a lifestyle all right it's not for everybody maybe you're better suited to have more of an office job maybe you're better suited to be more of an independent artist at a tattoo shop i don't know you have to discover that for yourself so this freebie this downloadable planning sheet just visit that site and you're going to be able to figure out where you're going to be happiest because isn't that the most important happy artist is a good artist all right folks that's going to do it for me here in the beautiful sunshine city of florida And remember, if you find yourself wanting to quit, come back, quit again, and come back one more time, art is hard. 